Hello, welcome to the D&D Roundtable presented by The Tome Show. I'm your host, James Intercasso. Please use the affiliate links on thetomeshow.com whenever you shop on Amazon or D&D Classics to help support the show. Just go to thetomeshow.com, click on the links in the show notes for this episode or any other, and then shop as you normally would. We'd also like to thank our sponsor for this podcast, noblenight.com, where out of print is available again. They have D&D and other tabletop RPGs, any edition, any product. With Noble Knight, you can even sell them your old gaming products that you aren't using anymore so that you can buy more gaming products from them. Noble Knight is an online game store. D&D, they got that and more. And if you think out-of-print games are nice, shop Noble Knight because they've got the best price. And if you got gaming products to sell, then Noble Knight will buy them as well. So go to the place where gaming's the bomb and head over to NobleKnight.com. And don't forget to tell them the Tone Show sent you. Today, we're talking about the first new 5th edition D&D class presented in an Unearthed Arcana article, The Awakened Mystic. Let's meet the panel and kick things off with our get-to-know-you question. What's your mind power? Andrew Kane, welcome to the show. Let's start with you. Hey, hey. Uh, I guess my mind power would be to make people see whatever I wanted them to see. You know, kind of create an illusion around them. Oh, Nice, nice. I like that. A little, a little clouding of the mind, if you will. Yes, nice. I like that. Nice. Uh, Andrew Timez is also with us today. Andrew Timez, what is your mind power? Hey, what's up to all the listeners? Uh, my mind power is that pattern recognition that uh, John Nash has in A Beautiful Mind, but applied specifically to bathroom floor tiles. <laughs> it's, uh, it's real helpful when you're out there. Uh, <laughs> It's 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 not a wish. It's what I have. I got I got to work with the tools I got. <laughs> nice, nice, excellent, excellent. And our final panelist, uh, Barrack Blackburn, is back with us. Barrack, how are you doing? Welcome back. And what is your mind power? I just shared my mind power with everyone. No, uh, my mind power <laughs> is the ability to foresee every outcome in a situation, similar to the Midnighter. <laughs> excellent excellent that is uh these are all uh decent mind powers i would say we're averaging decent uh, <laughs> and why are we talking about mind powers because of course this new class the mystic that's presented in an unearthed arcana article which will be linked over at the tomeshow.com if you haven't checked it out yet Go to thetomeshow.com, check out the show notes for this episode. They're also in whatever podcatcher app you're currently listening to. Check out The Mystic and, and follow along with us because this whole episode is going to be dedicated to this new class. Now, obviously, Unearthed Arcana, we should say, it's kind of playtest rules. These are not final. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if within a month or so you see a survey asking for feedback about this thing. Um, so... This is 
the psionic class. And what it looks like is any past psionic classes that they've had are all going to be rolled into the mystic. And the subclass choice seems more important than ever than it has for any other 5th edition class. Because your subclass choices can make you more like a battle mind, more like a traditional scion, more like a soul knife, that kind of thing. At least that's what they're hinting at within this document. And there was also a podcast where Mike Merles talked about this a little bit and said their plan is to make just this one psionic class, have all of the builds and subclasses within, be able to do all the things that you were able to do previously with the scion. But let's first, before we get into a lot of the specifics and the different disciplines that you can pick and everything, let's talk about this scion overall kind of what were the general impressions people got what were you thinking about it were you impressed you know how were you feeling based on this little play test iteration which is the first five levels and includes two of the subclasses or disciplines in the case of the mystic that they're thinking about uh barrack let's start with you oh wow um i right off the bat i don't like the name mystic (laughs) yep (laughs) I, i i i I don't know why it can't be called a scion, and <laughs> and it just seems like a mystic implies something different. And I, I'm not sure. I think there's even been classes called mystics in D and D that have nothing to do with psionic powers. It just it seems a really weird choice. Um, knowing that this is a playtest document, there were a lot of things I had questions about, um, and we can get to to them specifically with stuff. Um, and uh, my main thing is I don't understand why charisma wouldn't be sort of a a primary ability, the way you read through some of these things or have intelligence for some, charisma for some. I I don't know. That seemed a little strange to me. It seemed woefully underpowered as well. And again, I didn't sit here and compare it to the other things, but it seemed like, you know, some of the classes like, oh, you get a bonus to initiative if your, you know, discipline's active, which would require sort of a lot of, you know, I, I don't know. It just, it seemed... It seemed like there wasn't that much there, and certainly as you level up, you'll get more power. And I know that's 5th edition's sort of uh, the, the vibe that they're going for, but it, I don't know. And the mystic just seemed off. A mystic implies looking through a crystal ball, you know, and sort of having mystical powers, not psionic powers. Yes, yeah. I, first, I have to totally agree with you on the name thing, that I don't understand why it can't just be the scion either, and then have all those disciplines underneath. Um, to me, it seems like, oh, well, you know, the scion is a specific kind of thing in the past, so we need to, like, you know, it, but it just feels weird. It feels like a very strange thing. And also, mystic to me doesn't suggest mind powers. It suggests something a little more well mystical right yes yeah Uh, um and i agree with you too about the underpowered thing there were certain uh things within here that i'm sure we'll get down to in the specifics but it seemed like hey you know they're they're kind of their at will ability doesn't really scale well with levels and doesn't do a ton of damage now granted maybe it does scale and we'll see that beyond the the five levels or whatever but it does seem like right now it's like yeah, you're you're better off playing a wizard, you know, by far, um, or some other uh, class. But that's uh, that's what I'm seeing overall right now. Uh, Andrew Timez, what about you? Overall impressions? Uh, gonna agree with Mystic being a really weird choice for the name, especially since it looks like they're trying to encompass all of the possibilities for psionic classes under this umbrella of the Mystic. So if you're just gonna use psionics as the base power for if you're not going to spread love for psionics across multiple classes if you got one bucket that 
is definitely they're all using psionic powers. Why not just call it a psionic? So absolutely agree with that. Um, I actually saw some really interesting mechanics, uh, not necessarily for uh, pure psionics, but I was kind of interested in the strength of dipping into the mystic class as, as a multi-classing option. And I think there are certain things that you get to do that are really, really powerful if you kind of spread things out, uh, specifically with the immortals. But I can get more into that in a bit. Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a great way to to look at these things. So I'm excited to get into the specifics. But before we do, Andrew Kane, what do you think about this class, kind of overall in general? Uh, well, first I'll join the don't love the mystic party. Uh, I I think if part if one of like a subclass of psionic psionic or something was called a mystic based on what it did, I wouldn't be as opposed. But I just want to agree with everyone else that I think that it's a poor choice for the overall class name when the word you see most frequently throughout the entire document is psionic. So why <laughs> why make things so more complicated? Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of which, you know, I'm intrigued overall by uh, by this class. I do think now, to be fair for anyone who's listened to me before, I like things to be simple and streamlined, and so this seems for my tastes as a player at times a little too complicated. I understand they're still kind of introducing things. It's only through the fifth level, et cetera. But I am already like looking at stuff and thinking about what I would have to keep in mind while I was playing. And it stressed me out a little bit. So that's just (laughs) me being honest. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. It's definitely a little more complicated. Uh, I think traditionally psionics kind of always have been, you know, you're, you're tracking, uh, you're tracking points, your your psi points, your power points in most past editions, and this is certainly no different. Uh, but yeah, it is, especially 5th edition is so streamlined, right, that this does feel like a little uh, bump in the complexity and everything, which is important to keep in mind. Uh, and it does seem like a bump in the complexity for, uh, you know, not a huge raise in power. Or any, like, it's it feels a lot weaker, like uh, Barak said. But let's let's talk about it a little bit. So these scions, they all get power points, and they can all use those power points to use, you know, psionic abilities. Um, and after that point, you you sort of you pick right an order or a, a psionic discipline. Uh, I guess disciplines are what your your spells are like, right? Um, they're called disciplines, and then you have an order, and that order determines what kind of disciplines you can use and how you use them. So that is a big choice you make that really affects the way this class plays. Um, You know, it could turn you into a very melee-focused person, or it could turn you into, right now, they have two, the the Order of the Awakened and the Order of the Immortal. And the Immortal is that order that does, you know, it's, it's your strong guy, it's your battle mind, it's that guy. And the Order of the Awakened appears to be like a more traditional scion, more of an equivalent to the wizard or the sorcerer or something like that. Uh, so let's start with the Order of the Awakened, which is that more traditional scion path, and talk about what did you guys think of this? This was really where I was most underwhelmed. Um, so let's start with you, uh, Barak, because I think you're in agreement with me, and I like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Um, it seemed given, and, and I didn't, I hadn't heard any of the stuff from Merle's that, um, but if they're sort of looking to create one and one only mystical, let's refer to it as mystical because that it is a mystic or I mean psionic um, class that to have to sort of choose one of two paths seems problematic. Can you, and then can you multi-class into the other? I, and I, and again, that's, that's neither here nor there. It's just, it's a question that I, I wonder, you know, and, and there's no, we've left 4E behind that sort of had a focus on specific attributes. Like this is a good attribute for this class. This is a good attribute for this class. I, this first one, I was like, wow, this really stinks. Like I did not see um, that this would be fun to play at all. Like you don't really, like you, you get a 1D8 psychic attack um and you kind of don't do a whole like you know you can do a little bit of telepathy and you know sort of stuff like this um but you know at fifth you know so what do you do at fifth level as a wizard what's your what do you, what are you gaining access to uh, fireball fly oh. lightning bolt all that stuff okay so here we go so instead you can um <laughs> you i you know what what happens at fifth level here like the you know you you can do some spells that don't do much. You gain true sight. Okay, that's sort of cool, I guess. Um, you know, or conquering mind. You uh, failed save. Target's movement in action on its. You choose a target's movement action on its next turn. Oh well, wow, that's really <laughs> okay. You know, great. Right. That yeah. sounds like a lot, a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> and and you know, that's I, I I always sort of look at at character classes. And and go with that ideology that no class should be better than a core class. That you know the core classes are your sort of core classes. These are the classes that define D anD. d And everything else should have its niche and should be able to cool do cool stuff. But nothing should overshadow the wizard and the fighter and the cleric and you know those things. And I viewed this as it's certainly not going to overshadow any of those. <laughs> <laughs> I, I view it as it's it's going to you know kind of stand in the shadows and hope that nothing hits it. So. Um, it, it didn't seem that in, exciting to me. I don't know why anyone would choose this one. Maybe they will offer new disciplines that will be more exciting, but I, I, I would not pick this one. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, that's a good, uh, question about multiclassing because in third, right, you could multiclass, you could be a scion slash mind blade if you wanted to, or a scion battle mind. This sort of prevents that from happening. You know, so so that's a good point. And I feel I feel exactly the same way that, you know, you could shoot fireballs, fly, cast haste on yourself, all this other stuff. And here it's like, yeah, you get tremor sense for a minute out to 30 feet. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's go around. Uh, what did you think, Andrew Timez? Were you a fan of this uh, awakened discipline? I'm trying to search through the document and find out where exactly it gets said, but I think in the fi- their concept for the final mystic classes that they're going to have four different orders that you can choose from. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to act a lot like the way the core uh, classes, each of them have their own sub-specialization. Like there's the arcane trickster rogue and then the assassin rogue and I think possibly one other. I, I don't remember off the top of my head. But given the fact that it doesn't seem like there are mechanics within the core classes to multi-class. I'd say I would doubt that that would be available. Um, right. Uh, as far as the order of the awakened, uh, yeah, this, this one, I kind of skimmed over and didn't really see anything that I was super into. The only thing that kind of 
uh, struck me as you guys were talking about the, the comparison of the fifth level wizard. Um, at fifth level, and this is this is I think a thing that is very scion specific at this point. Uh, at fifth level with mind thrust, says on a hit the target takes one d eight psi damage. Uh, you increase this damage by sending psi points up to your psi maximum before making the attack roll. And then the attack deals an extra 1d8 psychic damage for each size point point you spend. Mm-hmm. Um, and at 5th level, you've got 27 of those. Oh, act, oh this up to the psi maximum is 5, though. All right, never mind. That's still <laughs> capped. Um, but still, you know, having 27d8s worth of resource damage to spread across uh, is pretty handy. I don't like that you have to know or that you have to spend it at beforehand if you had the option to kind of dip in after you can hit confirm it would be a little better but it seems like from reading this that this is the the, the order of the awakened is definitely the utility tool belt sort of scion as opposed to uh the order of the immortal who was who looks a little more like i i looked at it and knew exactly what to how to how to use it um the only other thing that kind of struck me about the Awakened was that Mind Thrust attacks Int instead of AC and disregards cover. Right. Which, uh, against, if, like, if you're running a campaign with, you know, zombies or beasts or something that have, or a, an entire class worth of, or an entire campaign with beasts or low intelligent creatures, you're going to be able to use that very, very effectively. It, anytime you can get something that attacks intelligence, especially in, in this edition where not a whole lot does right now. Uh, I think that kind of changes the, the metagame, so to speak, of where to put your stats and what defenses to raise. Because ostensibly, if players can use psionics, then eventually that, you know, off the flip side of that coin is you're going to start seeing more psionic enemies as well that'll also start to pick on the PCs that have munchkined and min-maxed away their endpoints. For for those who played Fifth Edition more than I have, which I imagine is all of you, if this attacking the intelligence score—that's something that I did underline here—and that seems like it could be pretty cool. But that intelligence score isn't ever really going to go up. Do you know what I mean? So you're always sort of hitting a a, a relatively lowish number, we'll say. And I mean that's—I mean I'm, I'm reading it correctly. An intelligence of fourteen, you're looking to hit a fourteen, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Now, the, the other thing I had, and, and I would ask for a, a general sort of uh, consideration on this, object reading, did you guys view that as, as really sort of a, D, uh, a DM's nightmare? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's funny. I mean, there are spells like this uh, that, that you can cast, kind of, that, that give you a projection, but so rarely do people use spell slots to use them. Uh, yeah, I could see a particular type of player. Uh, picking up every object in a room and, and using <laughs> object reading and it's slowing down the session as you're like, yeah, I, I don't, it's a pen and somebody <laughs> held it uh, to sign a contract. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it could get way out of control. Well, and I, I mean, it seems that it, it, it has a, has a hundred percent success rate and it definitively shows you that thing. So there goes your murder mystery. Oh, who, who last held the dagger? Oh, we know who did it. And it would seem that a player could focus all their energy on using this ability to jump over many plots developed by a dungeon master. And because there's very little expenditure for it, it just, it, it works. You do it. Ten minutes, you're done. 
<laughs> and I, I, it just seemed like one of those, like, wow, that would really sort oh, oh, I, I guess I'll just throw a dragon at them because I have nothing else left. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think, I think the important distinction to make there is whether or not the knowing the things that you know about that object when you pick it up with object reading is subject to anti-scrying, right? which kind of ties into the interesting statements they make about when uh, the distinction they make between psionic powers and magic powers Mm -hmm. is that psionics are psionics, except when they're emulating magic, in which case they're magic. But there's nothing in the document that really emulates magic yet, so (laughs) I'm, I'm interested to see what designs you know, are not part of this document that led them to make that design choice. Yeah. Um, And if there will be any anti-psionic measures for magic users, because it, you know, classically the whole opposition between psionics was, you know, have these two battle minds matching wits and doing battle in a reality that no one can see. And they're both just kind of standing there (laughs) catatonically. So I'm I'm interested to see whether or not wizards will have counterplay to that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, and they have in in the past in third edition and stuff. They had ways to do mind battle, psionic duels, you know, in the in the psionicist handbook and stuff. So obviously this is the the tip of the iceberg, but it will be really interesting. To, like, is it the fact that your intelligence replaces your armor class for mind thrust? Is that what that's supposed to represent? And now it's, boom, that's just it, you know? It'll be interesting to see. Uh, Andrew Kane, uh, what do you think about the Order of the Awakened? Uh, it's interesting. Uh, as I was reading it, I was thinking to myself, currently as playing a uh, warlock who has um, a pact with an archfey, uh, so there's a lot of charming and mine-related stuff connected to that. I found myself thinking, oh, if I took a level on this, that could be interesting. Which, I don't know if that's a good thing, because I was not looking at this thinking about playing it as a character in and of itself, but how it could enhance another character. And even so, those enhancements would be nice, but not anything crazy. So I think it speaks to what's already been commented on in that it isn't, it isn't terribly attractive as far as the abilities it grants you, especially when you look at other uh, classes that um, what they have access to by the time they're at level five um, and things along that line. So I think, I guess that's kind of damning with faint praise, like, Oh, this could be interesting if I combined it with other stuff, but in and of itself, I just found it terribly underwhelming. Well, let's move on to the Order of the Immortal, which is that more battle mind subclass, which you get completely different disciplines under, sort of a completely different thing. You get more, you know, weapon and armor proficiencies. And so instead of, right, instead of the object reading, which the Awakened gets, you get psionic regeneration, which allows you to heal when you've taken a bunch of damage. Uh, So that's, I mean... That's pretty great. Um, I would say this is the much more powerful build of the two. And Timez, I would like to start with you because you currently in the game that we're playing together, 
are playing a rogue and you want to uh, multi-class into this discipline. Um, and let's talk about that. And you also mentioned you thought that you think these this is the more powerful build of the two. What is it about this that you think makes it more powerful? I think the, the baseline power comparison is going to be said mind strike for order of the awakened and then lethal strike for the immortal discipline it's a straight up apples to apples except one's d8 and one's a d10 so right off the bat your psi point dump is going to be a little bit stronger with the immortal um as for multi-classing i think the so when i think about multi-classing i think about the resources that a character has mm-hmm. on every given round of combat um and Having played a rogue, I know that my bonus action is getting used very often. I'm all, I'm usually moving, and I'm always making a standard action. Uh, and the one resource that I'm not really utilizing right now is a uh, concentration check. Even though I'm playing a, an arcane trickster rogue, uh, I find that oftentimes I'm not concentrating on something. So I... When I saw celerity and concentration specifically, uh, having advantage on initiative checks, especially if you are playing a class that uh, has the ability to apply some sort of status effect or gets a bonus for going before anyone else, uh, advantage on initiative is basically the uh, improved initiative feed, the, the math of regular initiative versus improve or versus advantage on initiative is something like plus three and a half. Um, and I've got that exact number somewhere, but I don't know it off the top of my head, but just being able to spend that resource of constant concentration, which I'm already not using as a rogue and getting basically the full effects of a feat as well as the incidental bonuses of being able to spend my side points are, uh, you know, and especially with how much harder it is to deal with advantage or disadvantage in 5th ed as opposed to 4th ed. I know, I know you as a DM have said a lot of times, wow, initiative in 5th ed is really important just because of <laughs> if, if you are always giving up advantage and you are giving up weakness to resistance and, and those sorts of, instead of it just being a plus 2 or a plus 5 like it would be in 4th ed, it's double or you roll twice and take the higher value and because of that being able to go first and basically having that extra turns worth of resources available to you is super powerful so that is why i really really like concentration and <laughs> uh seize the initiative as well for being able to basically spend points at will and, and i think the versatility of that because there's it looks like there's three different dumps here which are all useful during combat. The only downside is you have to consciously switch between the the three. But being able to, you know, you can read the battlefield and know, okay, do I need... I'm only going to be in celerity if I'm not in combat, probably. So I'm, I'm going to be constantly in it for the initiative advantage, which is amazing. And then dumping points into my initiative role if I need to. And then I'm switching to either iron or psionic or weapon, and being able to spend points to raise AC after I learn an attack's result, which is super good. <laughs> um, and Or being able to dump, you know, at 5th level I'm going to have 27 points worth of D10 damage that I can apply. Mm-hmm. Uh, of the same type dealt by the weapon, so I can 
if I've got multiple different sources of uh, damage, it doesn't really matter how much the base weapon does. It just matters what type it is, and then I have to find a way to create resistance or weakness, or get rid of resistance or create weakness, and then exploit that. Um, yeah. So the fact that there's that much available to it, mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of the the other thing that I wanted to mention was just how the the point scaling kind of worked because. And this is this is the only downside to multiclassing is that there's really only two ways to do it. You take the one level, you dip in, and you get your concentration bonuses, and then you get out. Or you have to go like three, four, five levels in to really get a lot of side points to be able to actually impact the battle. But even then, you know, even for for one level, being able to deal an extra 40, 10, one time per battle is is pretty great, especially at lower lower ends of the campaign and then getting a free plus one weapon bonus if you have a really stingy tm is also really cool i could see this being a class that people do take a few levels in with this build you know uh you could see a fighter taking some levels here to sort of change the game a little bit or a rogue or another sort of martially focused class uh taking that on for all of the reasons you've just mentioned damage boost initiative boost ac boost all kind of uh you know right now they're sort of defined as like well this can happen after a roll or there's no specific time that it happens so it can be interpreted to happen after you see a result which is great yeah and i'm, I'm looking more closely at lethal strike now and it's each time you hit with your cyanic weapon you can spend points so whereas <laughs> mine whereas mine strike was okay you have to spend points beforehand lethal strike is all right you can hit confirm and then pump your four six 17 points of side damage in right and it's a d10 (laughs) and it's also whatever the weapon type damage is whereas you can only do psychic damage with mind thrust which means if you're coming up against something that is immune to psychic damage you're kind of sol uh so this is uh yeah yeah this is you're right this is pretty cool uh andrew kane what do you think about the order of the immortal a quick overview uh i think when you see how many things can be used as bonus actions or uh the abilities involve the use of side points but are automatically kind of a part of what you're doing via concentration i think it makes it a much more interesting uh and and in an engaging path to follow, whereas a lot of what you're doing in the order of the awakened is an action. Uh, there are some that are bonus actions, but when you see them, you know, again, using a bonus action for tremor sense of up to 30 feet versus um, as a bonus action, you can spend one side point to increase your speed by 30 feet. I think you can see which one <laughs> might be a little more beneficial in, in any kind of situation. And that's at level uh, that's at level one, you know, right. by level five, you can use up to, um, you can spend points to get an additional action or, um, with the ability to add up to five D 10 of damage with, uh, your, um, your weapon, uh, your psionic weapon. I think it, it, I think definitely of the two, this one is much more intriguing, much more fun to use. Uh, but it also depends on what kind of character you are, uh, going for obviously um i uh, you know you, you're going to want to be kind of that uh melee type fighter which is what this is designed for um as opposed to kind of someone who hangs back barrack what did you think about the immortal order 
Um, I, I thought I, I, I agree with what everyone has said. I think, um, it seems broken to me. I mean, I think if you <laughs> like, I, I would compare this to a monk, like it seems very monk like and sort of like mm-hmm. what, you know, or, or what we imagine a monk to be sort of a, a man who's, you know, using their, you know, thought and concentration and focus, not concentration in D and D terms, but sort of that, you know, sort of inner inner chi to sort of get their energy. Um, the durable mind makes this incredibly broken. You know, I mean, if you, if you look at like all the psionic or all the paladin powers that like, you know, give you certain strikes, it's all concentration, which means you, you hurt that paladin once and he's got to make a check. And, and this cat never has to make that check by getting injured. Like that is really, really <laughs> broken. That seems to me, um, wow. Um, the regeneration also is, is bonkers. You know, the psionic, I mean, again, the the thing is with this, you can only be concentrating on one power at a time. Um, so your character is going to go around and always be concentrating on celerity because, you know, whenever a combat comes up, you'll be like, no, I was concentrating on celerity. And that seems like a, a, it could be a problem area with a player who's saying, no, no, I'm always concentrating on celerity, you know, and then. (laughs) Well, no, you did that thing and that record. No, no, I, I was, uh, you know, for a minute, I, I took. Then it just seems like it, there could be room for arguments, and and that seems unfortunate. But you can't, you can go from one to another to another, I guess. And there's no mechanic for doing so. You're just changing your sort of focus, which is fine. Uh, but it, it seems, it seems horribly sort of broken and overpowered, especially compared to the other uh, order. Yes, yeah, order, which seems woefully underpowered. So. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, the concentration mechanic works in such a way that if you're, if you lose concentration, you lose the benefit. But like you said, the order of celerity, you kind of get the benefit out of the way at the beginning. And then, you know, your initiative already is what it is then, right? Or you're, you're no longer surprised and now you're just switching to something else using only a bonus action. That's great. Um, so it is, uh, it is very good. Uh, it's, it's funny, like, very good compared to a lot of other classes and real good compared to the order of the immortal they feel almost like two separate classes they're so different uh, yeah you know um I, other than like this is the way they use their abilities but you know you have of all of the classes in the core rule book all but two can cast spells you know depending on what build you pick and all that kind of stuff so it's like why not have some extra psionic classes and then you could sort of branch out and maybe get a little more specific with each of these, maybe spread out some of the things that the uh, immortal can do and maybe get a little, a little wider, a little more varied with the things that the awakened can do to kind of even things out. That would be, that would be my suggestion if, if I were going to give feedback, which I probably will if there's a survey that splitting the immortal into its own class and then dividing up celerity, iron durability, and psionic weapon into possibly their own trees of combat focusing on uh, quickness in combat, defense in combat, or strength in combat, that if... Because all of these things, having all of these options available to you uh, at once seems really powerful, but I could see that if you only had to pick one discipline of these three and pick that for the rest of your campaign with that character there's there's no one discipline in and of itself that makes me go oh wow this is completely broken like initiative is really good on its own but 
then once the combat starts, you kind of lose a lot of that benefit. Whereas being able to have that initiative bonus and then immediately be able to dump your side points into doing 5d10 on a hit confirm mm-hmm. is really powerful. So I, it, it brings me back to the question of why bring all of these flavors of psionic users into the same umbrella of one class as opposed to separating them out. You know, like wizards pick a school to specialize in. Maybe you specialize in one and you have access to some of the uh, the other abilities of the other disciplines or something like that, you know, so you're not totally cut off. Um, that would be a thing that you could do if you made them each their own separate class. Uh, so it, it would be interesting to see. Uh, obviously, there's a lot to consider there in, in the way you would break it down. Uh, what would you guys, what else would you guys like to see from this psionic mystic class you know they hinted at they're gonna do some sort of mind blade uh under the psionic order heading it says currently the two orders available for the mystic are order of the awakened and order of the immortal uh, future orders will include order of the knife and the order of the invisible hand what else would you guys want to see out of this class is there anything specific that you'd like to see andrew kane uh, I think I like the idea of maybe expanding on the idea, and it's a little bit in there in the um, Order of the Awakened uh, somewhat, but kind of this idea of um, a broader ability of telepathy, I guess, for lack of a better term, kind of expanding on that notion of, you know, taking the idea of charming, domination, et cetera, and really kind of going all the way with it with this character that kind of even more fully specializes in those areas. Not sure how that would look exactly, but I kind of, that would be something for me as a, as a player that would be intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, uh, Bark? Um, well, I, when I was, as I read through this, I, you know, it's not a tangent. I'll get there, but <laughs> I, I kept, I kept thinking back to sort of the first edition of Psionics, which were, this very sort of different thing. It was in a little appendix in the back and you rolled a percentage roll to see if you had them and you could have psionic, uh, you could have a psionic discipline and not be a, like not be a full fledged, just sort of have this thing. And I know that in second edition, they, you know, like at this, everyone had some psionics and was floating around with stuff. Um, third edition was like, here it is. It's a power source, you know, go for it, do its thing. It worked a little different than other things. Fourth edition did the same thing, codified it even more. It's like, here's what it means when you do, you know, when you take control of someone's mind, here's what you get to do with them on their turn. And it spelled it out very specifically. And this felt very much like third and fourth edition. And I was sort of disappointed that there wasn't like, hey, where's that percentage roll to see if I have a random psionic power. And I always liked the idea that like, Two scions battling each other was bad news, but a scion battling a non-scion could be bad news, but it wasn't devastating. Sort of the fact that you weren't psionically awakened gave you some defenses against some things. And given that 5e seems to want to recapture sort of all these different past editions, that kind of made me scratch my head. So I don't know if that's something they'd, they'd want to do. And, you know, sort of say you can have discipline or not, you know, have a sort of random psionic power. Um, It didn't, I I mean, I really think I look at 
the immortal and I just say, wow, I wouldn't play a fighter. I would play an immortal like just and even even if someone was saying earlier, like even if the fact that you can go between the disciplines, because at fifth level, you would have all three of them. And obviously they have promised more. But even if you just had to pick one, pick the psionic weapon like you concentrate to make your weapon psionic and then you can do all that cool stuff with it. And that's much better. A, a, a fifth level fighter can't do what a fifth level what a fifth level immortal can do. You know, and I look at that and say, wow. And as someone said, there's no delineation. Like you all have a D8. And so then the immortal gets better armor and weapons. Well, what is the awakened to get? Like, oh, I, I, I can touch an object. You know, <laughs> the other guy's like, yeah, I regenerate, you know, and, and I don't have to, I don't have to make concentration checks for getting damaged. Like, you know, it seems like someone's getting the short end of the stick here. And I wonder like if, if when they release all four of these, if the awakened is going to be like, yeah, no one's going to pick that one. Unless you really just want, like, if you want to be some sort of scholarly mage, pick it. Take one level and you get that ability to touch things. And that's awesome. And I think it's going to be abused. <laughs> um, I, I don't, I mean, I liked, I liked third and fourth edition Scion, Scionic classes and the way they sort of dealt with things mm-hmm. and sort of the feel that they had. And they were sort of like monks, but different. And they could do sort of different things. And they had these cool powers, whereas monks sort of, had cool abilities and and I I wish it just sort of went went all the way there as opposed to part of the way there. Yeah, that's true. And in fourth edition, the monk was a psionic class. Yes, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. absolutely. So they even you know they even went so far as to kind of acknowledge like yeah these these were kind of the same and so we're we're putting them together, which I thought was kind of a cool idea. Um, Andrew Timez, what what about you? What would you want to see in this uh, as it becomes? Uh, moves from playtest to actual product. So uh, I think there are obviously some balance issues that will probably be addressed uh, by virtue of general outcry during the surveys. Um, (laughs) In terms of what I would like to see, in in terms of the information I don't have about this class right now that I would like to have, um, the first is that just that tantalizing dangling thing of psionics or psionics except when they're emulating magic and i want to see which of the two remaining uh schools is going to do that sort of thing where you know in in this case psionic energy taps into magic and manipulates it to cast the spell you know that that sentence kind of exists in its own section of this playtest document where it doesn't really affect anything else so i'm interested to see how that goes um the other thing i would like to know is how they intend to scale this class up in in terms of as you get more and more powerful as you go along um because when you're playing a a wizard or you know a, a, a magic user the breakpoints for your power are generally when you get access to a new circle of spells right you when you get to whatever circle is fireball and you're like, oh, I I now jump like 2d10 damage that I can do per turn or I get access to uh, three new spells per day that I can use. And right now it looks like the way they're scaling the power of the class as you get more levels is by the psi points and the psi maximum. Mm-hmm. Uh and it looks like the side points go up like crazy as you get further and further into the class, and the psi maximum kind of 
scales a little more slowly, kind of like around the square root of what the side points are, if I had to eyeball it. But I'm interested to see, because there's no ability right now that lets you use more than five side points per turn. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you, as you get to like level 15, 17, 20, whether or not the more powerful options that you get access to allow you to spend more side points per action, or if you just get access to a new set of disciplines at level 10, say, for example, uh, where the disciplines are kind of in the same circle of, or the same organization as the circles of spells, where as you level up, you get access to progressively more and more. So I'm wondering if the side point is the end-all, be-all way of constraining the power of the class, or if they're going to further artificially power-gate the class based on mm-hmm. what your level is specifically. Uh, one thing that I just noticed, because I, I know we've been doing comparisons to Mind Strike and the Lethal Strike. Oh, is... yes, please. So uh, the side maximum goes up to 5 at 5th level, and the order of the immortal says you can spend up to five points the order of the awakened says you can spend up to your psi maximum Mm -hmm. so the only and i think this is the only thing that the order of the awakened might possibly have over the order of the immortal is that as the order of the awakened gets past fifth level ostensibly the psi maximum will increase past five and then you get the ability to do more burst damage in one turn uh, assuming that the number of psi maximum eventually gets so high to, to, to make up for the d8 versus d10 uh, difference, but that's true. I figured I'd I'd throw that class a bone since we've kind of been crapping all over the entire <laughs> podcast. Sure, sure, and I could see a very specific campaign style, uh, you know, where that would be great if you're doing a, a big political intrigue with a lot of. Talking heads and, and you know, uh, makes a great Sherlock, that class. Uh, what with its object reading and ability to, to sway people to talking and revealing the truth. And that kind of all you need is one level of it, though. Right. right. Exactly. Uh, three, three, three levels, sorry. You need three levels of it to get to the object reading. The object reading. And, and that is, I, I, I would argue, just horribly, horribly broken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, uh it like you said could create some big problems for DMs to just be able to do that at will. But we want to know what everybody out there thinks. So you guys should let us know what do you think of the Mystic class? Come find us on the tomeshow.com. We're in the show notes for this episode. You can leave us a comment or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Tome Show. And these guys, of course, can be found online. You should go and you should follow them. Andrew Kane, where can people find you? I can be found on Twitter at Cavalier Kane. That's K-A-V-A-L-I-E-R-K-A-N-E. And uh, Barack Blackburn, where can people find you? Uh, Axofgeek.com as well as uh, Spectrum-Games, I believe it is, .com. So um, that's I'm working working on a new game coming out soon. So Ooh, can you give us can you give us a taste a little tease? Nineteen uh, seventies sci-fi television series. I'm in. I'm already in. Let's so, do it. <laughs> there's there's a there's a freebie up uh, for free on on RPG Now, and you can get it. Well, it's pay what you want. So if you want to if you want it to be free, knock yourself out, and uh, you can take a look at it. And we're just tweaking sort of the final stuff for it. So 
Yeah, and let me give you a quick plug, too. Uh, for those of you who don't know, if you're looking for a good uh, superhero RPG, Capes, Cows, and Villains Foul, also designed by my man right here, Mr. Blackburn, uh, is one of the best that I have ever played. Uh, and there's a lot of crappy ones out there. Uh, so you guys should check that one out as well. Well, thank you. Well, you can find me on Twitter at James Intricasso. That's at J-A-M-E-S-I-N-T-R-O-C-A-S-O. And you can check out my blog, which is all about Exploration Age. It's the fifth edition world that I'm building over at worldbuilderblog.me. There's tons of free resources for your D&D fifth edition games. Lots of creatures and even in adventures, magic items, all that good stuff. Okay, everybody, thanks for listening. And thanks to Andrew Kane, Andrew Timmons, and Barak Blackburn for being on the show. Special thanks to Jeff Greiner for letting us join the Tome Show lineup. And extra special thanks to Sam Dillon for getting this podcast out there on the airways. Our theme music, which you're listening to right now, was composed by Eric Michaels. Don't forget to go to thetomeshow.com and use the affiliate links whenever you shop on Amazon or D&D Classics to help support the show. And hey, if you like the show, please rate The Tome Show on iTunes and like us on Facebook. It helps a bunch. Keep on rolling and keep on listening to The Roundtable.